Um, g'day guys, uh, just a quick content warning uh, and trigger warning here for this episode. We do discuss uh, suicide uh, and death and if you're um, in any way triggered by this or don't even want to listen to this episode because of your own personal connection, that's totally fine. Uh, and also Lifeline's number is 13 11 14. Hope you enjoy. They're just two parents who happen to be dads. One called Harley, the other one is Wads. It's not really Wads, it's Wade. But Wade doesn't rhyme with dads. It's shitting with the door open. Oh, oh. how good sleep. <laughs> <laughs> The morning after, yeah, and I woke up a little dusty, but mostly fine. I woke up a bit dusty too, and I think it was the that little little sleeper of rum. That yeah, I, you know what I mean. I yeah. had a little little snifter of rum to kind of send me off to that Nana's. Was it. it was just the little bit of rum you had <laughs> just before you went to bed. <laughs> that was it. It wasn't the fact that we covered my kitchen island <laughs> in cans of beer. It was the little snifter it of was rum. That little snifter. <laughs> That little thumb full of rum. <laughs> a bum full of rum. <laughs> I, I don't think in my life, and certainly not um, as a parent, have I gone to sleep so quickly as I did last night. I was out to it. I've, I've just, you know, because I've done a bit of travelling and I've just come back from New Zealand and, and, but, and we also chug some beers. But I think it was the fact that there was no dependent anywhere near me. Yeah, and you didn't have to... Have that like second brain no. on on guard. And I took uh, I, uh, when we um, bid each other farewell last night, and you went off and got into my six year old's bed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Super cozy. Yeah, I I took the laptop with me to watch something because to try and go to sleep, I'll, yeah. I'll often watch something, and um, I didn't even open it. <laughs> just like just straight out. out Fully clothed. <laughs> when I go to sleep now, I find it very hard just to go to sleep without some kind of Something in the background. Yes. Uh, like otherwise, my my brain is racing. Yes. It's just fucking. It's too many thoughts. And yeah. I don't want to. I don't want them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't either. want them. I yeah. just don't want them. Shush it. And so now I've been for the last couple of years. I've been listening to the same set of audiobooks over and right. over and yeah. over and over. And now it's just like white noise. And so like here is a story that I kind of know and familiar with. Yeah. And it's such a silly story. It's so stupid. It's just fucking dumb. But. It's just like, all right, it just kind of goes and goes and goes. And I will just like set the timer for like 60 minutes, whatever yeah. it is on the, on the, on audible. And then I will just like just drift off. Yeah. See, Hannah does that. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> Hannah will often go to bed before me and she'll have a, an audio book of, of some kind. Yeah. And, and then it'll time out from that into white noise. And I oh. really love it. She always checks with me, is it all right? And I'm like, yeah, this is, this is great. Because I don't have to make a decision. Yeah. <laughs> it's just on. But I walked in. <laughs> She'd gone to bed. I walked in the other night. And whatever book she was um, listening to, um, I walked in on the sex scene. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like Mills and Boone kind of... <laughs> Anna's listening to a porno. <laughs> yeah. And I, I thought she was asleep and I was also so tired, I just couldn't bring it up. So I just sort of lay there, like just internally laughing. Because <laughs> uh, it was... It was it was a really average sort of sex scene, like gratuitously um, over the top. Yeah. Uh, anyway, in the morning, I sort of went, what the hell was what you were listening? She goes, oh my God, I was beside myself. I was laughing, thinking, what's he thinking of this? 
have like this bit of like headphones that, f- that you can sleep in. It's almost like a headband that goes around super soft. Oh, yeah, yeah, so You yeah. can just fall asleep in it. Anyway. Yeah. Heaven. Heaven. Did you put on some white noise last night or you just yep. went... No, I just put on the story. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah I right. just put it on and then it just drifted off. Well, and then I was woken up this morning for the uh, the obligatory um, man in his 40s uh, early morning wee because I heard your door shut. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, no, nah, that's time for me as well. <laughs> Got up, did wees, went back for another hour and a half. Yeah, it was yeah. great. Oh, man, and I had some gas this morning as well. Oh, mate. I was just fucking... Boop, 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 yeah. boop, 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 boop. <laughs> little orchestra going. <laughs> oh, the violins, where did they come from? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't packed my trombone yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, we did say I was going to talk about the uh, the Wilderness Rites of Passage. Uh, for anyone you who's... know what? I genuinely am not sure what we talked about last night. I think we... No, if that's only, not true. If I'm... only we'd recorded it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to edit that one. Uh, but yeah, yeah, let's hear about this Wilderness Rites of Passage because it's it sounds excellent. It was... Uh, I, I was building it up. Uh, I'll be honest, I was super excited about it and it did not in any way disappoint. It was excellent. it was so excellent. And and I think, again, um, I think there's all sorts of different versions of, of how these kinds of rites of passage can look for different people um, and can be done for different reasons. I, I think my older brother did a really brilliant job of focusing on his child and what it was to celebrate him yeah. And, and this kind of almost a bit ridiculous um, moment in time. Well, it's yeah. 18. So we've had to choose that because um, the people who make laws have chosen that as that adult. Yeah. You know, and, and people can um, have all sorts of different uh, periods in their life when they're transitioning from childhood state into yeah. adulthood. And it, and. It's not necessarily 18. For some people, it's earlier. For some people, it never even fucking happens. Yeah, I'm still waiting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I heard this really interesting thing the other day, actually, about... Um, uh, I think the guy was a child psychologist and he was talking about how um, teenagers um, can be quite um, death-focused. Um, and often, you know, even to get even darker with it, talk about ideas of suicide. And yeah. he said, that's because... They're wanting the death of the child, of ah. the inner child, to become the adult. That is interesting. And so I don't rather know, than be fearful d- of that conversation, yeah, wow, to, to actually embrace that and create a moment for that transition. Yeah, that's so interesting. I would want to read up on that. <laughs> oh, you definitely do. But I think I think the, the, there's something. The point being, there's something happening in in, um, in a human being in that age. Where yep. they're 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 leaving behind the the child the child self. It's a very confusing time. Absolutely, it's so confusing. And it was confusing um, to go through it uh, as as yourself, but then now as a parent to try and help somebody go, go through, through that, that time. Yeah, especially when they don't want any. Um, especially when they don't want help. Yes, which you yeah. don't as a teenager. Because I've told you before. Yes, but when I was. Late teens, early. Teens. I'll, I'll be very vague yeah, yeah. around the time frame yeah. here, but when I was in that kind of like late teenish, early twenties um, phase, I, you know, I tried to, you know, I had the attempt yeah. to. I don't know. It was weird to say to kill myself, but I well, guess because oh, I, I know the story suicide. here. Yeah. Um, 
But I think maybe, and I'm not going to speak for you, but maybe it's exactly what I just said is what was happening for you. I was very um, sad and depressed. Yeah. I felt very alone. I felt like I didn't really have anybody like on my side, I guess. It was yeah. I felt it was yeah. just me and not me against the world. It was just me against me. Yeah. And yeah, there was no yeah. one kind of like around that I felt I could turn to. And so I was like, this is, I'm done. Yeah, like yeah, I thought, yeah. I'm just fucking, I'm ready to, um, I'm ready to go. No one's going to miss me. Yeah. And all these thoughts are in my head, but they're not what was happening. Yeah. And also just mid story. Um, I, I just think, uh, it's responsible of us to say if this in any way, this sort of conversation is, is triggering that, uh, there's all sorts of agencies that you can 100%. call out to and, and especially Lifeline uh, is incredible, but we're just being open and honest with each other. Yeah. And the way we're going to tell, the way I'm going to tell the story, it's just the way that we always talk. Yeah. So if it comes across as disrespectful, it does, I don't mean to be, No. but this is like something that happened like well over two decades ago. Yep. Uh, and so I've kind of come to terms with it. Yep. Uh, and so I don't want to take away from anybody else's pain. Yeah. Yeah. Because suicide is, for people it's left behind, there's so many questions. Yes. They don't know why. Yeah. And um, also this is your story. And this is my story. Yeah. So I'm just going to tell it the way that I tell it. And I don't know if we'll laugh. I don't know if we'll cry. Sure. We'll certainly bum. <laughs> <laughs> We are emotionally mature adults. So I'll just I'll just go through it. And I don't really know how to approach it. Yeah. In like a podcast situation because I've just told it to you when we've had a few beers. Yeah. And it's a great story. Um. So I was staying at a place and I was just feeling very alone. I thought this is it. I'm I'm done. I'm just gonna I'm calling it. Uh. And so I, I just got super drunk. And so I like went around and collected like all the different like you know I was like in a house with heaps of different spirits. So I did the rocket fuel thing. Yeah. Just took a little bit from each one because <laughs> I, I don't know why <laughs> I didn't just go just drink it all. You're not going to be here tomorrow. Yeah. Like you just fucking. <laughs> so, so I just got. I super, don't want them to know. <laughs> so I got super drunk, just wasted, and then I started smoking some weed, and I was just absolutely cooked. I'm like, all right, I'm ready. And you made the decision uh, before being. Before I started drinking. Right. Before I started drinking. Yeah. But I'd, I thought if I drink, then I'll, I'll be able to go through with yeah. it. Yeah. Dutch courage. Dutch courage. Exactly. Yeah. And then I was thinking, like, how am I going to do this? And this even before I started drinking. I was like, how am I going to do this? Because I, I didn't want to, like, hurt myself. Yeah. And I knew, like, the most painless way, or what I'd heard, was carbon monoxide poisoning. Okay. And I was like, oh, I don't want to, like, start the car in the garage. That's going to be too loud. What am I going to do? <laughs> so I took the petrol lawnmower <laughs> from out in the shed and I dragged it inside and they're like, you know, it's like a little separate toilet to the bathroom. So it was a very small room. And I thought, this is smart thinking, Dustin. This is going to happen quick. This is going to happen quick. <laughs> so I went to take the lawnmower into the toilet and I was like, oh, fucking, it doesn't fit. It's too big. So then I spent like 20 minutes in my wasted state trying to like take the handles off the lawnmower <laughs> so I could get it in there. Finally get it in. I shut the door and then I like start the lawnmower. And if you've ever started a petrol lawnmower, it's loud. But if you've ever started... I love that you're like, I'll just do this subtly. I'll just start a lawnmower in a small box. In a small box. At like, at like, you know, like midnight in like a suburb. Like the, must have, the neighbors must be going like, what the fuck is happening? And I was like, and I sat in there for a few minutes, like not, a, I say a few minutes, for like a few seconds. I was like, yeah. oh, too loud. Shut the door. <laughs> so get out, leave the lawnmower going, kept drinking, kind of just forgot about it. It just kind of like got white noise. <laughs> And you went to sleep. <laughs> and uh, then I kind of like, 
I don't know, like 20 minutes later, I was like, fucking, oh yeah, that's right. I'm on a mission. I've got something to do. I've got a, I've got a job to do. <laughs> so then I went back into the toilet, turned it off the lawnmower, and then I just kind of like sat there and I was just like, this is, this is it. I'm ready. I kind of, I don't know if I'd made peace with it, but I wasn't afraid of it. Mm. I was just like, I think this is the right move. And then I woke up, like this is the weird bit because I'm not sure and I don't think I'll ever like, I'd like to think that just as I was about to pass out, I opened the door and fell outside. Yeah. But I think I just fell. Right. And just knocked the door open. And the door open. And the door open. Yeah. And then I kind of woke up, you know, I guess like an hour or two later with a cracking headache. Mm. Just fucking absolutely killing me. And it, it was definitely the lawnmower, not the rocket fuel that you had drunk. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little snifter of lawnmower. <laughs> it's that little, little taste yeah. of lawnmower. It couldn't have been the alcohol. <laughs> it was definitely the lawnmower. And then as I lay there, I was like, oh, that was, that's done. It didn't occur to me to go and try to do it again. No. I was like, oh, you've done that. You can kind of move on. But now, like looking back with so much time... I think of like um, my family, like yeah. how hurt they would have been yes. and how they yeah. would still be hurting. Yes. But it didn't occur to me at the time that it would hurt them. I just thought nobody would miss me. Yeah. I thought, yeah, they, yeah. oh yeah, they'll be sad for a few weeks, but then they'll move on. Yeah. Because I was just so... Selfish is the wrong word. But well, rather I than guess, say selfish, you were focused on self. Exactly. I was so in my own head. Yeah. I was so caught up. Because you're a teenager. Because I was a teenager and I was just... You Sometimes you can just feel so alone. Yes. And you can just feel lonely. Yeah. Like you can be alone and not feel lonely. And I just felt lonely and alone. Yeah. And so... And I didn't know I was depressed at the time. But I was fucking so depressed as yeah, a teen. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. It's interesting. I, I've got a really similar story that yeah. you know as well. Yeah. And um, I had a big failure uh, at uh, at the attempt, and um, or success. It depends which way you look at it. But it was a failure, and I, I've done stand up about it, and I, I uh, did it on a TV show. Yeah. Um, where I tried to hang myself from the tree in the backyard. Yes. But I used my sister's stretchy skipping rope. <laughs> <laughs> bounce, bounce. And I hit the ground, right? And I had exactly the same kind of moment that you just described then when I went, well, I've tried that. It didn't work. So I guess I just get on with life. And that's not to say I haven't thought about it constantly over the years. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. But that's the only attempt. But I have gone to, like we've talked about this before, I've gone to, I go to sleep. When I'm like in a real depressed state, I go to sleep sleep almost every night gunk i hope i don't wake up tomorrow yes i yeah, hope yeah. this is just yeah. i just and i just don't exist yeah and it's not even wanting to die at some points it's just i don't exist and i just don't want to be yes and that was uh it was a line from the original telling of the story where i said i didn't i don't think i really wanted to kill myself i just wanted to be dead for a while yeah and there's a huge difference there Yes. And then seeing this clip that I saw the other day of this guy talking about it, and for me, I was 13, I was like, yeah, that's what happened. I wanted, I actually wanted my child self to die um, and to, be, to, to grow into who I am. And I, and I don't feel I had the help, um, even though I've got a great dad and I've got great brothers and yeah. I had great mates and all of that, but I didn't, I didn't feel that, that I was um, getting the guidance to, to navigate that change. Yeah. And where am I going? And then, you know, at, at your age when you were doing it, 
you, you're, you're feeling so, at least I was at, at that same age, you're feeling so um, enthusiastic about wanting to do something and be someone, but without any guidance of how to and where to go. I had no enthusiasm. Right. I could not see a future. Right. I could not see anything past uh, like the very second that I was living. Yeah. Like it was very hard for me just to kind of like go, oh man, I can do this or that in the future. I'm like, I can't, there's nothing I can do. Yeah, right. Like I'm, I'm at the end. Right. Um, and so this is like, it is, like I like talking about it with you, mm. but it is, it might be hard for people to hear. I don't know. Well, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if you do, I don't know, like, please get some help. You know, like, I know, I feel a bit lost for words at the moment because, you know, it's a big topic. Harley's just picked up his phone to pull out a text, all right? <laughs> no, no, that's great. No, no, don't worry about it, mate. <laughs> well, honestly, like, this, this, for some people, this would be like, oh, that's an interesting story. I didn't know that about Wade. And for other people, this could be uh, quite, quite triggering and, and hard to hear. Yeah. So the lifeline number is 131114131114. Please see a GP. Yes. Like a GP. Yeah. I've done it. They're so helpful. Yeah. Talk to somebody. Yeah. And if. Please don't think that we're being disrespectful. No, we're not being flippant at all. We're not being flippant. We're just talking about like our situation and our stories and how it affected us. And I guess the point of telling this story is that it does get better. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? There is like a future after like these feelings. Yeah. Like they're not the, it's not the end. Like you can move forward and you can get help. And also these feelings are quite often um, a little bit secular. You know, they, yeah. they come back around. Yes. And, and actually, it's about developing the tools to be able to process that. Yes. And what what that is. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, you know, I have uh, some real fortunate relationships in my life where I can talk it through. I can talk to you. Uh, I talk to my brothers. I talk to my dad. I talk to my mum. I talk to my sister. I... Um, even most importantly for me, I get to talk to Hannah. I have a partner that I can actually share this with. Yeah. Uh, because it, it, I don't think it's a thing that you can deal with on your own. No, you've got in to... In any way. You've got to get some help. Yes. You've got to be able to talk to somebody. Yeah. Because I think the moment you start saying this stuff out loud, the moment you start talking, like that's when like that pressure will start to release. Yes. It's like a gas valve. Absolutely. You know what I mean? It's like a, you turn it on and then finally you start to get some stuff out. And when you're talking, it maybe it might sound like nonsense. Yeah. But at least you're talking. Yeah. Well, it won't sound like nonsense, but you might think that you're saying nonsense, but it's well, not. It, but but it, if, you just, if you're just in your own thought, this is what I've found, um, it can seem so huge um, uh, and uh, like the, the weight of all of those thoughts and feelings um, you can't carry. And then you start to talk about it and it actually starts to sound pretty ridiculous. You're not ridiculous for feeling that way. No. But as soon as you voice it, you're like, yeah, that's that's not normal. No. No, and to getting the help that you need is the thing to do. Anyway, that's well, the story. And so I think um, my brother has ignited this thing in, in me and, and all of us, I hope, from this um, Wilderness Rites of Passage we did that I think if we do more kinds of ritual like this, uh, especially for uh, teenagers, yep. that there will be there will be more tools created, yes, to to deal with this these moments in your in your mind, um, and so that that whole um, weekend that I've just had was so restorative for me, yeah. And one of the best things that we talked about leading into this um, is that we were going to have no phones. 
And so there was five people went on to this journey. My dad, my two brothers, uh, myself and the young buck. Yeah. Um, and we got to the the gate to to the uh, the start of the back country of, of my brother's farm. Yeah. And um, Randall had a sugar tin there, and he said, "Because we're all addicted to these things, like sugar. Yeah. Wow. Um, put your phones in here, and they'll be here for us when we get back." And we talked. We sort of talked through the challenges of that for each of us. Yeah, because the phone is an addiction. Yes. For me, yeah. it is. Yeah, it's very hard. And also, it blocks your ability to actually. Um, be in, um, be present with your mind, yes, and who you are. It's a constant dopamine hit to stop it. I read this interesting thing where Christopher Nolan, like the director, doesn't have a smartphone because he's like, I don't have it because I know how addicted I will get to it. This I'm just paraphrasing. Yeah, uh, and I like to sit with my mind, and that's where I come up with all my good ideas. Yes, because the smartphone takes away the boredom. Yeah. And when you when you're not bored, you're not like thinking of. You're not thinking creative. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, so anyway, we um, there's there's some things that uh, a, a lot of aspects of of the um, of this journey that we took that I'm not going to talk about because it's just between all of us. Yeah. That like went on that, which is how it should be. Yes. But I think that the greatest thing was because we had nothing to distract us, we got very focused on each other. Yeah. Um, and we did a lot of, we did heaps of laughing, did a lot of stupid talk. Um, we all did also did the, these moments of silence um, where we either sat in silence together. Uh, my dad led this thing um, that I think he calls white silence where there was a uh, three canvases that um, and there was a whole lot of charcoal and paint and um, bits and pieces from from nature that you could use, and each person not talking to each other would just go up and add to these canvases. Oh wow! And we did that for about forty five minutes, and it was really excellent. It was just great. And so at the end of it, there's three uh, of these collaborative paintings um, that Eli has now uh, to put up on the wall. Yeah, that is As sensational. A yeah, it was really great, and we all got a totem of what we what we are, and and sort of more importantly, what we are for Eli. I love how it all comes back to Eli. Always, I love how it yeah. all comes back yeah. to him. Like this is about him. This is specifically for him. Yes, and so like this is tailored. It's so that's, that's a beautiful thing. Well, so one of the things I think Randall was a brilliant facilitator of everything. So he he kept sort of just gently redirecting conversation and 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 then asking questions of us that I knew was all because he wanted his boy to hear that and yeah. hear what we thought about these things and whether it was um, what our partner's love languages are or yeah. what our hopes are for the future or what what our demons are and all that sort of thing. And one of the things he charged us with um, before we turned up was to bring something that we didn't buy <clears throat> but was um, important to us that we could give to Eli as a gift that oh, he, yeah. could, he could take in the future. And it kind of got me stumped and it, it could have been a poem um, uh, or a painting or yep. a, a thing that we've owned and I, I was like I don't know what to do and I was actually here um, in the kitchen just before we set off and um, I was cooking dinner for the family which uh, fairly regularly I'm the one that cooks dinner at night when I'm home and I uh, was cooking on a cast iron pan that I just love to cook with yep. and I went oh this and I, I bought the cast iron pan about seven years ago. Yep. It's, it's nothing special. It's a cast iron pan. Yep. Um, but I've cooked for my family on it for seven years. Um, 
definitely weekly, almost nightly, I'll yep. use that same pan. And so I took that with me and then I was given the totem of the bear um, and the bear was there to provide honey, yep. so to give sustenance. And so I sort of took charge of all of the different meals that we had while we were away yep. and I cooked all of them on this cast iron pan. And after the evening um, dinner, because we are only there for one night, um, where we made these awesome uh, rocket stoves out of tree stumps yeah uh, where you, you basically we just cut town with the chainsaw the day before to prepare it um, and then you just set that logger on fire what? turns out you should do that hours before you want to cook <laughs> 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 but you know that was also part of the joy because we didn't have a phone because I'd, I'd only ever seen it done I'd never done it yeah and so we didn't have a phone to kind of figure out how to light it and get it going and all yep. of that um, so we all sat around and tried to figure it out and um, Eli actually made his own one out of a, a stump that had um, a, a hollowed out bit in the middle and then I had this pre-prepared one with the chainsaw and then we got both of them going and then started cooking up the steaks and um, had some Brussels sprouts and butter and garlic hey Brussels sprouts D- oh, it ruined. was delicious this whole trip is- it was crispy and uh, buttery and disgusting. garlic I'll cook it for you. He'll no. love it. Um, what else we had? We had um, minute steaks. Uh, I think that was probably it. We didn't have a lot of stuff with us. Didn't need it. Didn't need it. And then at the end, um, I said, "Hey, this this is what I've brought for you. Um, it's this cast iron pan. You, know, you can easily just go to a, a camping supply store and buy another one." but I'm giving you this one because I've cooked with my family on it and it's not about this cast iron pan. What I want to give to you is I think um, going into adulthood is to be able to see people and see when they need to be fed and make sure they always feel um, nurtured and to provide hospitality is something really precious. That's a beautiful thing because when you say fed, I think like fed in the body, but also I think fed spiritually. Yes, yeah, you know what I mean, and all of it, and yeah. and, and to and to see that, um, you'll have to actually be a bit quiet, yeah, because a because a leader doesn't lead from the front. Often, a leader is very quiet and observing, yeah, of what that that group of whatever it is that they're with need, and then provide it, yeah, and that's certainly how it is to cook a meal, you know, and I will I will see my kids in the evening starting to get a bit ratty and you're like oh you need to eat yes that's what needs to happen right now you need to eat and you need to be like kind of fucking soothed yes you need to be calmed and if someone comes over to your house you make sure they're fed and watered yeah you know man that is a beautiful gift yeah and so we did that we um you know we 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 had some other ritual which i'll leave uh, to the mountain yeah um, what's uh, said in the bush stays in the yeah. bush then, then ladies <laughs> <laughs> Like an echo chamber. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. You're telling this beautiful story. So immature. I'm so sorry. Anyway, we went to bed and um, I continually all night, it was like I was uh, asleep on a slippery slide. I just kept sliding down my swag, and then <laughs> climbing back up again yeah. and then sliding down the swag. Um, then we got up in the morning and we did a really slow start. And um, of course, because we're all dads, we all got up before the sun rose anyway. Yeah. And, um, you know, had, had some, some more discussion and togetherness. And uh, I, I had been 
whittling a staff out of a tree that I felled and so I was finishing up on that and and then we uh, emerged out of the bush oh. and it was really great like I just loved the whole thing and um, and can't wait to do the next one or, and however that looks for the next child in, in this yep. in this tribe of a family man that is excellent yeah what yeah. an excellent tradition that's being started here yeah absolutely Man, highly recommend and I love that you came out of there feeling restored mm. like just emotionally and spiritually physically charged I guess well so we came back right and um, it was you know there was so many kind of iconic moments but you're walking back to the ranch <laughs> we're walking back across the paddocks and um, we're greeted um, by my small children and Randall's wife and my wife and, yeah. and uh, Hannah had the camera out and taking photos of us and it was great there was this you know little celebration yeah. we'd been gone for 30 hours <laughs> no, but it did feel like we'd been gone for a week because of all the sharing and all the talking yeah. and, and uh, no phones and no phones and being super present with each other and, yeah. um, I wrote a poem at the, as the sunset on the side of a hill, um, it was yeah great. And then, anyway, we're just hanging out, and we we had a um, a dinner planned uh, with other people arriving for that yep. as well. And we're just sort of hanging out. And Hannah at one point just looked at me and just went, "Your energy is really amazing." Ah, oh. like, I'm so glad that that's that's being conveyed. Great, because I feel it. You're about to get pregnant again, Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> Double pregnant. <laughs> If anyone can do it, it's me and Anna. <laughs> You're too fertile. Oh. Mate, you guys are like the um, the Nile after like the big floods. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the ancient Egyptians would live beside the Nile when the floods would come yes. and they come back and that soil was super fertile. Yeah. That's what you guys are. Yeah. Yeah, you that's, like, what, that's what we are. Yeah. yeah, and I'm not going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> now that's enough. We'll do a live podcast of me getting the snip, <laughs> <laughs> and you'll do it. Yeah. I'm do wait, it. wait, you don't cut it off. <laughs> Look, I said no phones. I'm not YouTubing it. We're do- we're being present in the moment. We're just going to figure this out as we go. <laughs> I know it's in here somewhere. Oh man, I thought about because I'm going to do it as well, uh, but I've. I've thought about what I'm going to say to the doctor just oh, as yes, they're about yeah. to go just a little bit off the top thanks doc <laughs> <laughs> I've got it locked and loaded but whenever I have that stuff in my head like this is going to be so funny to say it's never funny no like they're just going to look and at me and he's heard it all he's heard it all yeah yeah. yeah it's yeah. like someone you know when they, when you're paying with, with uh, yeah, FBOS card yeah. and they're like Savings or credit, you're like, savings? <laughs> More like spendings. <laughs> Am I right? I, I, I guess this one's free, isn't it? <laughs> if it doesn't scan. I do it now just to fuck with them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. ah, your job sucks. I'll give you someone to hate on. <laughs> it doesn't suck. Retailers can be No, funny. good on you, but they hear that joke every fifth person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Retail yeah. can be super fun. But yeah, but I'm like, man, you need someone to hate right now. Yeah. And I'll volunteer. <laughs> and I'll, here I am. Here I am. <laughs> the hero no one asked for. <laughs> but you, you know what disturbs me about the idea of a vasectomy is that mostly now, and I think maybe all of it, you're just awake for it. Yeah. They give you a local and then there's just a guy fiddling around with your junk while you're just there awake. <laughs> like if you're finished, you're like, oh no, I'm not the doctor. 
the guy leaves, all done. Then the doctor walks in, like, I'm ready to give you your vasectomy. And you've got like that, you don't know what's going on down there. I'm not the doctor, this is the back of a petrol station. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah, so funny. I am going to get one, but I think it would be fun to do like a double one. Yep. Yeah, just, of course we, it would. Can we just? I'm not even joking. Let's fucking literally take the mics in, <laughs> sit, sit beside each other. You know, like we've gone to the spa to get a, to yeah, get a couple's what, massage. That's what I was just thinking. <laughs> <laughs> get some nice relaxing hot stones. <laughs> they do that cupping, and then, and then they just tie you off. They just snip it in there. Snippy snip, and then we both have a celebratory wank. <laughs> oh, too soon! Oh, it hurts! It hurts! <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't have done that. But we do each other, like, oh, yeah. like, a, like a little syrup, like across the table, shaking each other's hands. Good hand. job, Chad. <laughs> I love how we were both like miming how that would work. <laughs> and if I can say, my mime was a bigger dick than your mime. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was giving it these ones like Harley's oh, giving it these big. It's <laughs> like, like he's swimming freestyle. <laughs> oh, there's a fucking dick in the room. <laughs> this whole time. I was telling my like heart story. I didn't know how to tell it. I felt so fucking, I don't know, a bit awkward about it. But, I, you know, I wanted to share it. And this entire time, like, like Harley, the first thing he brought out this morning <laughs> was this giant rubber dildo. Thank you. <laughs> it's a big fella. If you... From last week, he brought out the big fella. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, look, it, there was genuinely a massive, big um, black dick in the room. It was a gift to me. He's <laughs> <laughs> just been staring at us with his one eye. Because I'm, I'm packing up at the moment. And it's, it, it, this is weird, right? Because it's a gift that means a lot to me. <laughs> 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 and I'm not going to throw it out. But to give context, there's this huge black dick with a suction cap on the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> and to, to give it as quick a context as I can, I did a TV show four years ago called Taboo. Uh, one of the episodes of that um, was about terminal illness. And one of the participants on that, Michael, um, who has uh, lung cancer, um, there was a, a bit of story that was revealed that I had to try and write comedy about. Yep. And it was that he wanted his wife to make a prosthetic penis of his penis and not to use for herself but for the next bloke that she gets with <laughs> to use it on him, which is <laughs> demented and funny all at the same time. And so, of course, I wrote material about that. Um, if you want to see Taboo to give it more context, it is, you can still, it's still available, um, being streamed on uh, Paramount, I think, or Channel 10. Anyway, so then fast forward a few months after that show went out, uh, Michael and his wife came to watch me do some stand-up in Brisbane and he brought this massive dick as <laughs> a gift as if that was the prosthetic of his dick which is very funny because it's ginormous and comical and then I was like, oh, thanks man. Like it's a weird gift but also, like, you know, because we really bonded over that particular um, ritual that we had that was that show. It was really quite intense. But yep. then I had to go through airport security with that massive dick in my back. (laughs) (laughs) And now, I just don't know what to do with it. Like, where do you put it? 
But I did find a. Um, <laughs> this is the best bit about the whole thing. <laughs> well, it's um, it's monkey shoulder gin, uh, and it came in. Shout this... out to monkey shoulder. Yeah, Send yeah, us the check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get on board. <laughs> and it, it it held a bottle. It's kind of like a pivoting, swinging thing. <laughs> so it's just got a big dick so in it, and it's not the kind of thing that you can put on a shelf, right? So it just it just sits at the yeah. back of my cupboard. But now I'm having to pack again to move out. So I'm like, well. I've got to pack the dick. <laughs> I can't leave this behind. <laughs> it's a family heirloom. It's so funny to me that they were just sitting there the entire time just staring at us with this big eye, just like looking at And we're just telling these beautiful emotional stories, just really bonding and sharing. And I just forgot it was there. We had a bit of a, we had a real giggle when it came out. It was very funny. And then he just sat on the corner. We shared our emotional stories. And then we remembered it was this giant cock. <laughs> Which is very on brand. <laughs> very on brand. It's like a totem for our podcast. <laughs> Look forward to the new tile. <laughs> <laughs> just that new photo for the podcast. It's just a giant dick. Oh. Uh, but I have to say too, man, I really value you for sharing that story. It's not nothing to share a story like that. And um, Thanks, man. It I was... feel like I've heard it before, um, but I, uh, as I felt the first time you told me, I feel honoured that you trust me with it. Um, and certainly now that you've managed to get to a point where you, you trust yourself and me and our listeners to tell that story in a more public it's, way. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's not an easy one to tell, but I guess how it's, it's told. And so... Because I, I told you last night, I think tomorrow morning, yep. we're going to do this thing. But I didn't know how to approach it. No. And so I just kind of went in and it was just, I don't know, it's a weird one. But please, get help. Well, I think we found a natural way into it. You told the story in a natural way. Um, yeah. Big dick. 